0: Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Amen. Last couple weeks, uh, for the couple weeks ago, Pastor Ron kicked us off on, uh, he didn't realize it was gonna be a series, but it was so good that we thought, man, we need to extend this. So he kicked us off on talking about the presence of God. And then last week, we talked a little bit more about the presence of God. And today I wanna to finish up Uh, talking about that with you as well. And um, really the idea here and the term you're gonna hear a lot throughout today is that we have to learn to be in love with him coming and not how he comes. We have to be in love with the fact that he comes and he visits us. And he actually does more than that, he dwells with us. We have to be in love with that and not just how he comes, amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and open up your Bible, if you have it there with you, to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 16. Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. It says, But what shall I compare, what shall I liken this generation? This is Jesus talking. What shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children." I want you to notice here that the religious leaders missed John the Baptist because he didn't eat and drink. And they missed Jesus because he did. They missed God in the flesh because he came in a way they didn't expect. Right, The Jews expected the Messiah to come as a conquering king and overthrow Rome the Pharisees and the religious leaders thought he would come and look like them and condemn sin and condemn the sinner. And what did Jesus come and do? Instead he came and healed the centurion's servant and he came and he dined and had parties with those who they considered to be sinners. And they They missed John the Baptist because he did eat and drink and they called him, they said he was filled with demons and they missed Jesus because he did eat and drink and called him a glutton. I don't know about you, but I kind of think that the religious leaders just like to be critical. Does anybody know anybody like that, right? Right, the the typical, you know, mother-in-law kind of thing. Now I want to clarify, my (laughs) mother-in-law is not like that at all, right? But other mother-in-laws, you know, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're never going to be good enough for your son, right? Like they're just not <laughs> for her son, right? No, no, not, not, once again, not my mother-in-law. <laughs> but the people that just carry that critical spirit, that there's nothing you can do to please them. And because they carried that critical spirit, they missed the Messiah right in front of them. I've used this example before, I think it's, I think it's the chapter, uh, chapter 14 in Matthew, where Jesus walks on the water, and he, he feeds the 5,000, and he heals people, and he does all of these things, and it says, then they walk into the city, and the Pharisees criticize Jesus because they begin to eat, and the disciples didn't wash their hands. It's like, are you kidding me? He just fed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fish, but you're mad because they didn't wash their hands and they missed Jesus. They missed the Messiah because they carried a critical spirit and they didn't recognize how he came. And because they didn't, he didn't come how they expected. They missed Jesus. They missed the Messiah. Now here's the deal. We can't, We can't come down too harshly on the Pharisees because one, we got a cheat sheet, don't we, right? We've got the Bible. All we have to do is skip ahead a couple chapters to realize, you know, this is the real deal. He's the real deal. But we also can't come down on the Pharisees because we are guilty of doing the exact same thing. How many times has the presence of God came and we walk out, of the room criticizing, saying things like, man, I wish they would have done this different. I wish this would have been different. And we miss the presence of God because we walked out with a critical spirit. I know I've done it. We miss what God is doing in the moment because we didn't recognize what he was doing. We have a critical spirit. And sometimes we miss an encounter with God because we let our critical spirit get in the way. We have, a deep, we have deep opinions of what it should look like, sound like, feel like when he comes. And when he comes in a manner different than what we expected, it's easy for us to begin questioning whether it was real or not. We all have opinions of what it should look like. And when it doesn't look like that, it's easy for us to walk away critical of the encounter instead of being transformed by the encounter. Let me show you what I mean here in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to To them, divided tongues as of fire, one sitting upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, I want you to notice that the coming of the Holy Spirit looked completely different than the coming of Jesus, didn't it? When Jesus came, the song tells us that it was a silent night, right? It was quiet. And uh, we can, of course, take our theology from songs, right? (laughs) So we know it was a quiet night because Silent Night told us it was. But it was a simple, it was a quiet night. There was very few people there. There was very few people that were privy to the revelation that the Messiah had just been born. And it was this beautiful, quiet evening with just a handful of people in a manger when the Messiah, King Jesus, was born, right? Compare that now to the coming of the Holy Spirit, where you've got 120 people all crammed in a room together. Sounds like one of my family get-togethers. <laughs> Except the rushing mighty wind sound doesn't come from the Holy Spirit in those senses. <laughs> Amen to the family in the room. That is what I'm talking about. But you compare that to the coming of Jesus. You have 120 people in the room. And it says that there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that came through. The sound was so loud that, it, that the rest of the city had to come out of their homes to see what was happening. It says that, that the, the people there, the 120, were so clothed with the Holy Spirit as a fire that they began speaking with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They began speaking in languages that they did not know previously because the Holy Spirit gave them the gift to speak in that language. And the multitude of people from the city came out and was blown away that the fact, by the fact that this group of Galileans, this group of Jews, was speaking in their language, in their dialect, the things and the mysteries of God. The scene was so wild, was so crazy, was so loud, that there were people in the audience that thought that people were wasted. They thought they were drunk because the scene was just so, so different and so crazy. Compare that to the silent night of Jesus, right? What would have happened if Peter would have stood up in that moment and said, no, 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 no. This doesn't look anything like the first time he came. There's no way that this is the, is the Lord because it didn't look like what it did in a previous season? What if Peter would have missed the coming of the Holy Spirit because it looked different than what it did before? What if he said, no, Jesus came physically to us? I can't even see the Holy Spirit, right? What if, what if it, he would have been stuck in the fact that the coming of the Holy Spirit looked different than it did when Jesus came? Sometimes, listen to this, Sometimes we so idolize what he did in the past, we miss what he is doing right now, currently. Sometimes we so idolize, it's worth saying again, we idolize what he did in a previous season that we miss what he's doing in a current season because it doesn't look like, sound like, feel like what he did in a previous season. And there's, there's a difference between idolizing and honoring. It's good and proper. And we're gonna talk more about this here in a minute. It's good and proper to honor what he did in the past. But it's a whole different thing to idolize what he did in the past. Because when you step into idolizing what he's done in the past, then you are never able to move on from that season that was actually you went through to get you to another place of glory, right? We are made to go where? From glory to glory to glory, right? We're made to see what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what was given uh, to the sons of men. We're made for those things. So what he did in a previous season was actually meant to help, it was to help you grow into this next season. But if we idolize what he did in a previous season, we are never able to move on to what he's doing in the new season. Amen? This is this right here is exactly why churches and movements die. It's not because what God did in them wasn't good and real, it's that they were never able, let me say it this way, it's because God was ready to pour out a new wine, but they didn't want to give up their old wineskin. That the Lord was ready to pour out something new But because they were not willing to give up the old wineskin, God could not pour out the new wine because what does scripture say? That new wine cannot go into old wineskins because what happens? The wineskin bursts. And I'm I'm convinced that the reason movements, revivals, and even just just churches die is because they're not willing to to move past what God did, although it was good, although it was amazing. But they begin to idolize what he did then, that they're then not able to move in what he is currently doing. So the question then becomes, how do you not miss it? How do you, how do you honor that? Or how do you not miss what God is doing and now in this season? Let's look back at here at Peter. How did Peter know that though it looked different with the Holy Spirit coming than it did with Jesus coming, how did Peter know it was from the Lord? Peter so recognized the Holy Spirit in Jesus that when the the Holy Spirit did come, he was able to look at it and say, that's him. That in the previous season, those three years he walked with Jesus in that season, in that outpouring of wine, he, he became so familiar with the Holy Spirit in Jesus that when he came in a new way, he was able to look at it and say, that is God. That is God. And we, in order for us not to miss it, what God is doing, we have to become familiar with the Holy Spirit that when he comes, we know it's him. That even if it looks different, if it sounds different, if it feels different, we are so familiar with the person of the Holy Spirit that we can say, I knew him in this season and I know it's him in this season. Even though it looks different, I recognize the person of the Holy Spirit and he is in this and I know it's him, amen? Once again, we have to be in love with him coming and not how he comes, We have to be in love with him coming and not how he comes, which brings us around to our next point. Sometimes it's not that we idolize what God did in the past. In fact, it's that we dishonor what God did in the past. So some of us get caught up in idolizing and getting stuck what he did in the past, while other people go to the other extreme and dishonor what he did in the past. When I was a teenager, when I was in youth group, I was a part of this really amazing dance and drama group. Can you imagine that, right? I can shake it loose right now for you, if you want me to. That was one of our songs. Shake loose. Holly's cracking up back there because Holly helped start that dance and drama group. Ironic, yeah, yeah. Holly, could you come up and show us a few dance moves? No, I was part, Amber and I were both part of this dance and drama group in high school. And let me tell you, when I see pictures and old videos of that, I'm slightly embarrassed, right? <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, we thought this was so cool, right? But, but here's what I'm learning. Even though I look back on that and sure, maybe it was you know early 2000s and maybe a little bit, seemed a little bit cheesy now looking back at it, what God did in us, in those days, what God did in us and planted in us in those days in the dance and drama ministry is why we are where we are right now. That in those days in the dance and drama ministry when we were shaking it loose up there, that's where the hunger and the desire to see revival come was birthed. That's where the desire to minister to other people and have them encounter the same presence we were encountering came, was in those days where we were at the county fairs, dancing and doing the dramas and seeing people encounter the presence of God in in those days. And if if we look back on those days with sarcasm and dishonor, then we will not be able to step fully into what God is doing now. Because what he did in those days was the next stepping stone for what he's doing in these days. And we have to learn to be able to look back on what God did and not look back on it and be embarrassed by it, but look back on it and honor what he did in those days, in those ways, Because if we do, then we'll be able to turn now and be able to fully receive what he's doing now in this moment, even if it looks totally different than what it did in the previous days, amen? There was a measure of glory. There was a measure of glory then that if we did not experience, we would not be ready for the measure of glory now, amen? So we have to be able to look back and honor what God did in the past to be able to fully receive what He's doing now. Amen. In this season. You know, Jesus' first miracle is in John chapter 2. It's at the wedding feast, at the, at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, where Jesus, we all know the story, where Jesus turns the water into wine. And in a few chapters later, Jesus comes back to the city of Galilee, or to to Cana in Galilee. And uh, we read this in John chapter four. John chapter four, starting in verse 45. It says, so when he came, talking about Jesus, when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast for they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Here's the point I wanna make in this. Jesus was first in Cana and performed the miracle of turning water into wine. The news of that miracle spread and maybe we don't know, maybe this nobleman was at that feast. But regardless, the nobleman heard about the miracle that was performed at the land or at the wedding feast, turning water into wine. And now, because he heard of what God did in a previous season, he was able then to have the faith to come to Jesus and believe that if he would just ask Jesus to heal his son, that he would be capable of doing so. That what God did in another season, in the wedding feast, that was preparation and prepared the nobleman's heart to be able to receive the healing that he needed for his son. Do you see where I'm going with that? that what he did at the wedding feast prepared the nobleman's heart to be able to approach Jesus and say Jesus I know if you just say the word that my son would be healed and that's exactly what happened isn't it that that the nobleman came to Jesus told him about his son and Jesus said your son is healed at this very hour and he went home to find his son completely restored but he would not have had the faith to do that if he didn't know or didn't experience the miracle in Cana of turning water into wine. We have to be able to honor what God did in a previous season. Amen. To be able to step into what God is doing in the current season. Amen. We have to be able to both honor what God did in a previous season without missing what God is doing in this season. We must be able to embrace the new wine while honoring the old wine. We must be able to embrace the new move of God while recognizing the fact that it was the previous move of God that paved the way. Thank you, Jesus. I wanna just say this about our own church. That I love looking back on the history of Harmony Christian Church. We have a file in my office titled History of Harmony, and I love to get that file out every now and then and just look back on the things God did in this place, in this church, in this congregation of people. I love looking back on old seasons. I think of even the seven days of prayer. Is Duck here this morning? I keep looking for him, but man, what a slacker. All right. I look back though on on the things like the seven days of prayer. And I, I, I remember those days of of uh, of when we first had the seven days of prayer in the sanctuary up. In the, uh, in the old building. How many of you remember that? How many of you were here for that? I remember those days and how God poured himself out in those meetings and, and in the next years where we went church to church to different places in the community of Elwood and God showed up in those meetings in those ways. I remember even... even uh, uh, now, most of you here in this room will remember this more than I would, uh, but there was a few years when we first got here. I remember th- having dinners and different things in the, in the old church basement. How many of you remember that? You wanna talk about cramming 120 people <laughs> in a room together, right? And I remember the, 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 the feeling of uh, family and the tightness. And I believe that our, 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 our uh family dynamic in this church was birthed in that basement in those gatherings together after church and just sharing meals together. You know, it's, I look back on all of those things and I look back on those things with deep, deep gratitude and honor for what God did in those days. You know, in, in the Old Testament that, the old, the, in the Old Testament prophets would set up memorials so that when they would come back through a city, they could walk by and see that those pile of rocks that they would, that they saw, and remember what God did in that place. Remember how God spoke to them. Remember how the presence of God came to them. You know, and God told Moses to to give even talk talk to the Jews and the the other Israelites about remembering what God did for them in the past when he parted the Red Seas and when he let them walk through on dry ground. And remembering and honoring what God did is so valuable and important. But I wanna tell you something, church. I am so excited and looking forward to the new wine that God is about to pour out, that God is pouring out. I'm so excited to see what is the new thing God is doing in our midst in this church. What else does he have in store for us? If the glory was that good then, imagine how good the glory is going to be in the coming days. I believe, church, we are going from glory to glory. I believe with all of my heart that we are going to see what eye has not seen and what ear has not heard that we are gonna step into new levels of his glory and, and even new levels of encountering his presence in new ways, that he is gonna to begin to speak new words to us, give us new vision, give us new energy, give us new, um, again, new levels of encounter. And we're gonna do all of that and experience all of that and honor what he did in previous seasons so we can fully receive what he's gonna pour out in the new season. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand together.